Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Kristen. I'm your host and life coach, and this is Modern Day Asians. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Modern Day Asians. Just wanted to express how much gratitude I have for those who continue to listen to these episodes and my uh, really intention is to deliver high quality content as well as share some personal things that I have come across as I learn to accept and fully embrace the Asian American side of myself. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about my ancestral journey to exploring my parents' homeland. So as you were probably listening or have heard, but I had spent two weeks visiting Taiwan, which is where my father's side of family came from. For two weeks, I was there in October, and I wanted to do an episode about what how I made the best out of this journey and how it shaped my identity and and understanding more about things that probably was not talked about and understanding where my grandparents come from um what kind of work that it is that they did so I will happily be willing to share with you those some of those awesome things I've learned about my family and um but first of all we'll go into our introduction which is Visiting your parents' homeland is an opportunity like no other. So if you haven't planned that yet, or that might be something that you would want to consider. So for instance, you know, if maybe you came from, your parents came from the Philippines and you've never visited the Philippines, I would highly recommend it, especially in this kind of American economy where the cost of everything is just going up that A lot of times, for instance, the country that I went to in Taiwan, the quality of life is awesome and the value is there. Everything I pay for was a third less of the cost or half of the cost that I would normally pay living here in the South in the U.S., saying that you're going to get a lot of value and enjoying your time. And it's definitely something worth considering if you have the budget or the time to do it. So I highly recommend that you think about where you want to um, make this trip happen if you have the means to do it. So what this does is it allows you to connect to your roots, connecting to your family's heritage, and experience a culture that has shaped your identity. So you're wondering sometimes when your parents are trying to communicate certain values or virtues to you and you just truly don't understand it, perhaps visiting your parents' homeland and being in that environment will help you understand where that rooted from. Um, Confucianism, I talk about that uh, as well. The virtues and the importance of family was very present when I visited in Taiwan, especially visiting my grandparent who um, I haven't seen in in 10 years. Everyone's like very family-centric and that's how Easterners are, right? Um, they're very family centric. So visiting your parents' homeland is going to require quite a bit of careful planning 
and also having an open heart. So what that means is trying, you know, if you have a bad experience with your direct family, try not to visit your extended family with that same attitude or bringing some of that bad aura or omen into thinking that your other family members are going to act the same or treat you the same. So just try to be open in that experience. So in this episode, we're going to dive into creating that meaningful, enriching experience during your visit to your familiar homeland. And in my case, I'm going to share with you what I learned too as well during this experience. First step is you're going to want to pre-plan and research uh, your trip. So start your journey by researching and learning about the history, um, Taiwan, how how Taiwan was formerly called Formosa, um, who are the indigenous people, where where do they come from, what is the population like, um, what are their cultural practices that they do, what are some traditions, understanding the holidays that they celebrate, are you going to visit during a holiday, do you want to partake in that holiday when you're visiting your familiar homeland those are things that you want to consider um also i definitely recommend trying to learn the local language so brushing up on your skills in particular these these things first of all you're going to want to remember how to use numbers because that's going to be important when you're trying to buy things so you're going to want to know your numbers so you know how much to pay for those goods or services communicating that knowing your directions north south east west and a lot of the asian countries you're gonna see english you know being um you know the secondary language you sometimes you'll be able to get by with english but it's necessary say that everyone's gonna know how to speak english so just make sure that you know your numbers um, how to ask where things are, the places that you're going to be going to, recognizing restaurant menus. So if you have any food, culinary um, diet restrictions, make sure you know how to read that on a menu, uh, you know, whether that's a certain type of proteins or things you're allergic to. Just know and recognize that when you can see that in writing and print. And um, so I would say that those three things was heavily utilized in the local language so start there and familiarize yourself with that um also when you're trying to get around the places and things like that you want to try to figure out mobile services whether that's internet wi-fi or figuring out a way to continue to use your current cell phone in the new country because that's going to be important on you navigating, knowing where to go. Um, there's also an option for people to download a map on Google Maps so that you can utilize that instead of using your data to navigate um, in the new country that you're in. So that's just ways that ensures that you have a smoother, fulfilling trip. Those are some things I I would recommend and knowing how to operate the transportation system. Taiwan is very interconnected. Everything is connected with the buses or 
the train and I would recommend that you look into research and saying like oh, do I need to pay for an easy pay card how do I load money into a card and just make sure that you preload whatever card it is that you need so you can get in and out of these turnstiles fast um, because in certain areas it's very very populated and so you need to move quick uh, another social norm when it comes to public transportation is when you're using the escalator, you need to stand on the right side of the escalator because people on the left will climb up the escalators. They're not actually riding it, but they're going to be um, using the steps on the left side. So to be considerate of the space that you take up um, and sharing that space, those are things that you're going to have to adjust, especially if you come from America where things are spacious, that you have the ability to just take out you know, to use your car and to go run your errands um, when you're in a larger city like this, you're going to have to share the public transportation and be familiar with those norms. All right. Second thing is connecting with your relatives. Because so obviously, you know, you want to try to spend some time with the relatives that you probably haven't been able to see in a very long time. There might be a 10-year gap. You might not have seen them for a couple years. Um, you don't know them too well. And so this is the opportunity to uh, reach out to them and let them know when you're going to be able to come see them, seeing if they're available. Connecting with your family not only strengthens the bond, but also provides you invaluable insights in, and knowledge. They may share stories about your family history, traditions that can enrich your experience right you're there so when I was there I learned that my grandmother was actually a orphan because she lost both parents in the Japanese war when the Jap Japanese people took over the island in Taiwan and she had been an orphan and I was curious how she ended up being paired with my grandfather and my grandfather said that um my one of my uncle said that you know they were actually paired by a matchmaker and I just thought that that was so interesting that I just never even thought about matchmakers and things like that because it really throws me back into uh, my one of my favorite Disney movies Mulan where she is paired you know with the matchmaker and then she meets the guy and you know everything like that and um that she went through that phase too as well. And I just, that was something I never knew about my grandparents. I was curious what they did to um, bring bring income home and how they supported the family. So my grandmother worked at a some type of a bar, social place, and was doing like bartending, you know, something like that. And then when they f fully had kids, she f fully became a, a housewife and took care of the the five children that she had and then my grandfather he had worked with the military as some kind of a, a um, taxi driver maybe like a I wouldn't want to say that but someone who escorted you know government officials and and things like that was a private driver essentially and um, I also didn't know that too about them as well but it really just throws me back to when I was trying to understand the history of the island and who had occupied it before that a majority of the island 
at the time when the Japanese took over, they knew how to speak Japanese and there's a big Japanese influence and it still exists there today. So those are some things that I realized um, after spending time with my relatives and making that connection of what I know about the history of the island and then what are what are the ways that they live, what was their current lifestyle when everything happened. Next up is you want to think about a itinerary which can include a mixed well-known of landmarks perhaps that people have recommended and also just some off the beaten path destinations. So include places that hold a sentimental value uh, such as your family's hometown um, or your ancestral home in your schedule. For me, we actually had uh, the opportunity to go visit my grandfather um, who was in an urn and he uh, lives in a Buddhist temple where they host all the urns. So I went and got to see him, you know, talk to him and see where he was kept. And that was a unique experience too, because I haven't seen him in over 15 years since he's passed away um, where he was held. So that was something that was, that held a sentimental value for me. A well thought out itinerary makes sure that you get the most out of your time and that you experience the country to the fullest. Um, and and uh, so that is something that I would recommend as well. And if you're commuting with your family, because I had to commute with my brother, my sister, my mom, and my stepdad. And we actually got into a big conflict about how much time we're actually spending with my biological dad's side of the family, as you've heard in a previous episode. And so there, make sure that you know what you want to get out of the trip, especially if it is involving other family members too as well. Make sure you're allocating the time and space that you need for yourself or if you want to do your own thing, um, because it's okay to give yourself space from all of that family time. So this goes in conjunction with the episode that I did prior to my trip to Taiwan. The last episode that I did um, when we we're talking about family gatherings and how to manage that social anxiety. Um, but it, I'm, I've had a great experience. I remember, you know, just my grandmother's laugh because I actually got sick with COVID and so I had to stay upstairs because I didn't want to get my grandmother sick with COVID and I had just came down with the fever that day that I saw her I didn't feel well so I automatically went upstairs and then tried to distance myself so I didn't get other people sick but I remember that as I was drowning in and out in my sleep and resting how happy and joyful that she was laughing. My brother was showing her pictures. And I don't think I'll ever forget that laugh. So those are just some moments and memories that make everything worth it. Next step is trying to enjoy the local cuisine, okay? So this is one of my favorite parts of the trip. It is to be able to splurge, I mean, just being willing 
and able to buy all the street foods, the things that you can snack on in the night market at a really affordable price. I mean, everything was like a dollar or two converted from, you know, the U.S. dollar. That's how much you were paying per item that you were getting from the night market. So that was my favorite is to my parents obviously had their recommendations because they went multiple times. So they know things that they must get that they must try. However, I wouldn't be tied down to what, for instance, if your parents are familiar with a country, what they recommend. I do recommend just exploring your palate. If something looks good on a picture, I recommend that you try it. Um, understanding like what they eat for breakfast, for instance. Okay, so the breakfast in Taiwan isn't the traditional Western breakfast, like your eggs, potatoes, hash browns, meat, potatoes type of style. It's more soupy based. So what they're used to is maybe eating some kind of ground pork, you know, soy sauce type of protein on top of rice. And then you would drink some kind of a soup or congee uh, to to warm things up to get your day started. So um, I had a traditional Taiwanese breakfast, which I really enjoyed. And it was um, a light broth with some fish balls in it. And I had a side of uh, ground beef type of bowl with rice to and paired it together. So that was a traditional breakfast that I wasn't used to. But I really enjoyed it. So your opportunities might sound like this. It could be local night markets, um, street food stalls, or traditional restaurants to sample the authentic dishes. What is an authentic dish in your familial homeland? For us in Taiwan, it was um, soup dumplings. It was uh, beef noodle soup. It was, you know, uh, shaven ice cream uh, obviously bubble tea the fried chicken was pretty common there uh, you know meat and skewers type of things um, certain sodas were popular so do your research and just try it out especially if the country is like known for a particular dish I highly recommend you doing your research and just dining there to try it out So some other traditions that you might want to consider is what I had mentioned earlier. Depending on the timing of when you are going there, you might be visiting during holiday. So just be aware of what those festivals are or some cultural events that are happening in your visit. So for instance, things that you can learn or pick up. Is there a particular style of cultural dance? Um, is there a particular dish? that you can um, enroll yourself in a cooking class. Taiwan is known for their tea because there is a, a tea ceremony or a tea shop experience where you can try all the different teas and be able to bring fresh loose leaf tea back home. Those are things that you would want to consider while you are away from home. Next, you want to just document your journey. So if you're there for you know, a week or two, depending on how far and how much time you have, just make sure that you know, you're know you either journaling down, taking photos, 
and just that way you can preserve your memories and just allow yourself to revisit those adventures when you want to look back and showing your friends and family. I think one of the coolest things is to take these photos and when people ask me about my trip to Asia, first of all, a lot of them are like, wow, she's an international traveler. This is so, you know, they are just you know, boasting me about being able to travel internationally or they'll, they're really curious what my trip was like. What did I see? What did I buy? What did I eat? And it's a great way to expand and talk about this with your friends and family and coworkers so that they get also interested and exploring a different life than uh, what the words they're used to because people are naturally curious one of the things i did was i brought home souvenirs for um, people that knew that i was gone so one of the popular pastries in taiwan is the pineapple pastry and so i bought those that were packaged individually and i passed the the pastries out to people that knew i went to went overseas and that was a great way for them to like look at the packaging enjoy something that you can't buy here in the states and this is a very special thing and a lot of the times when I pass these out people just loved they love being able to try new food so it's a great way to start a conversation to get people curious and exposing them to culture that they're not used to so highly recommend just thinking about bringing something back that other people can share that experience with you so I really enjoyed shopping for souvenirs, little things that I could bring back to um, to get people excited again and interested. Another souvenir that I bought that I thought was so practical that it just didn't make sense why they didn't have it here in the United States, but is the to-go cups. There's like a sling, um, like a purse for your to-go cups or your boba tea and things like that. And it just made things carrying it way easier and they just don't have that here in the united states i don't know why especially the starbucks how they don't have that cup kind of sling where you kind of just drop it in there and hold it so that way your it frees up your hands um but yeah so that's another gift item that was very cheap for me to buy it was less than a dollar and i just passed those out to people that i knew that enjoyed buying coffee all right, and then lastly, what you're going to do is you want to think about um, just reflecting your trip. It could bring up a lot of emotions. Maybe those emotions might be positive. Maybe there are opportunities for you to dive deeper and expanding some of that pain or things that remind you of uh, an unpainful or a memory that you haven't been able to process yet. I think one of those opportunities for me on this trip was that my mom had always called me and in Chinese translation, it could either be silly girl or foolish girl because I tend to act more on the playful side, especially when I'm on vacation. So I will make myself look look silly. I'm having fun and, you know, I just don't care about that judgment. So my mom would always call me um you know oh silly girl and sometimes it could be translated into 
bullish girl but I think growing up for the longest time I always thought that she was calling me stupid or foolish because of the way that I've acted but honestly I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm calling in more of this playful or, or child-like energy because a lot of that was suppressed and so I actually see it as freedom to be able to call into that energy and bring that forward and so that nickname really didn't bother me anymore I think it was just more of a insightful just given the circumstances and how much time I spend with my family this time two weeks straight is a lot of time for me and but that was a one insight major insight that did change the way I viewed myself and how I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not um I'm actually happy that I'm able to to channel that something that I've always had all along that you know I felt embarrassed of or silly of bringing that out I'm calling more of it now to come forward and that feels great to me because part of that personality has always been there but I've either pushed it back or held it back and now I want to fully embrace that so that is just one reflection that I've gotten from this trip um, and that might be something that could come forward to you when you, if you decide to visit your family's homeland. So in conclusion, we're wrapping up the episode, but visiting your family can be a transformational journey that allows you to reconnect with your roots and heritage. So by you researching, planning, and immersing yourself into that local culture, you might find um, it to be a profound and memorable experience. This voyage is not going to just link you to your family's past, but is also going to deepen your bond with your heritage. Understanding, you know, the foods that they eat, the way that they do things, the way that they act, whether they value as a culture. Embrace the culture and make to you what to make the most out of it. Keep your heart open to new experiences. That way you can maximize the significance of your trip to your homeland. So these are my main takeaways from the trip. Two other major differences or side notes that I have realized comparing Western and Eastern culture. I want to say these things so that um, I can close out. But I wanted to, the, one of the things that really stood out to me is I had mentioned earlier that I got COVID and um, in Taiwan, you cannot buy over-the-counter medicine. CVS does not exist. Walgreens does not exist. You have to go see a doctor in order to get prescribed that medication. Well, Taiwan has a national healthcare system. I am a foreigner. I don't have health insurance. But I got seen by a doctor and then I got five days of medication to help with my symptoms. And all that cost me less than $20. Compare, for those who don't live in the U.S., you might not know, you know, hey, what is $20, this and this. I, in the U.S., you cannot see a doctor for less than $20. That doesn't even cover your visit. And it's just crazy how they're able to see me and in reality in the United States you would be completely screwed if that was to set up however because 
you're able to obtain over-the-counter medicine is not that big of an issue, but a healthcare system here is just so messed up compared to what I experienced in Asia, especially just being able to see the doctor. Um, in comparison to that, one out of three Americans cannot afford to pay their medical debt. Medical debt is roughly one of the second biggest debt after educational or school debt. So that's just to give you an idea how crazy expensive healthcare is in America. Two, the other things that I found to be incredibly friendly to foreigners who are visiting is the ability to get your sales tax refunded for over, for purchases over $66 in American dollars. And that's a great incentive for foreigners to do business. So you can buy luxury brands, Cartier, Bagarvi, Gucci, Prada. It is more these official stores where you're not going to get a counterfeit item. If you go to a legitimate mall, all these places, they offer you a sales tax refund, making it incredibly tempting to make those larger purchases there. Second thing that they offer for foreigners is they also have a sweepstakes that they give to uh, welcome the visitors to explore Taiwan. I was actually one of the sweepstake winners because they were giving out um, pretty much like $200 in U.S. dollars uh, to use on public transportation or convenience stores. And that lasted me the whole two weeks of covering all of my transportation and and food purchases, convenience food purchases. Those are great incentives, especially for foreigners. So I'm just thinking about what America offers to foreigners, and there's none of that. There's no sales tax incentives. There's no sweepstakes. Um, it, I think it is incredibly smart for countries to welcome their foreign tourists, give them incentive to want to spend and do business there. So that is one of the biggest things I just find that Americans are tired. They're always tired or addicted to caffeine. They're overworked, overweight, and then we wonder why, right? And it's just the our way of living is causing major, major burnout. Just seeing how um, other people live their lives, uh, the the cost of living lower, and they, their college is not, uh, educational debt, it doesn't cost that much to where they're going to be in educational debt. Um, they're, this, the country they're living, you know, the average, I think, income for one individual is $15,000 for the year in American dollars. And here, I don't think you can have a stable, really a comfortable life until you're at least making forty-five or $50,000 at this point because of the cost of living and how everything is expensive now. So that's just give you a comparison between the two, just their system, how they look at education, how they give people access to health care, um, the cost of education, some of these basic human rights that um, countries, other countries get to ex explore um, and 
just looking at how that damages our health, our mentality here back in the States. So that is also one of those things that I find um, to be very eye-opening when I went to visit another country. So this is why I do recommend you to travel to get an idea or perspective outside of the country that you haven't been to um a lot of americans do not travel outside of america just because america is so big with all the different states but it really really opens your eyes this isn't my first time traveling out of the united states I've been to a handful of countries um, in, in all of the continents. and um, But I say that this trip in particular really stretched my growth, helped me understand um, the way that certain people are, how I want to shift my cultural values, things I want to keep as I pass on to my children, things that don't serve me anymore. And I hope that this wraps up the episode. I hope that this was helpful, get you to consider maybe exploring your parents' homeland if you haven't had the opportunity to. I'm here for questions or suggestions. You know how to reach out to me, DM me on Instagram if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for any kind of topic you want to hear and cover about. But thank you guys. We are hitting up a full on year appreciate those who had listened from the beginning and if you joined us halfway in the in the journey or towards the back half i still appreciate you two listening as well um thank you again for tuning in every week and i until next time have a wonderful day